Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. Today, you're here with Spring and a very special guest, Cindy. Please introduce yourself, Cindy. Hi there, Spring. Hi, everybody. My name is Cindy Darnell. I am a sex and relationship therapist, a clinical sexologist, originally from Australia, and I live in New York now. And uh, I love talking about sex. I love talking about relationships, and I love helping people prioritize pleasure in their lives. That's my jam. That's what I do (laughs) 24-7. Thank you. Thank you. So Cindy has been on our show before, the infamous How to Anal episode um, we had (laughs) Cindy on. So you might guess we're doing a series of firsts this month. So you might guess what first time we're talking about today. Yes, you've got it, everyone. It is first time having anal sex. And so we invited Cindy back for this episode um, since she was such a hit last time. (laughs) And today, that's what we're going to be talking about. What should that first time having anal sex be like? And what can you expect? And what do you need to think about and talk about beforehand? So how are you feeling approaching this topic today, Cindy? Well, it's funny that I, you know, according to you, Spring, and, and the sex rap audience, that I am now the anal lady, which is hilarious, <laughs> and uh, I don't mind that title at all. Uh, I'm happy to wear a bunch of different hats, and wearing a hat during anal, of course, is all about comfort, and, you know, if that's your thing, you can wear a hat or not. Maybe it will protect <laughs> your head, you know, if things start getting a bit wild, but I am feeling good about it. And, and, you know, it's such a, I I mean, I don't even know if it's a taboo topic anymore. I think it was maybe 10 years ago, but I think a lot of people now are pretty sort of, they know that it happens. Maybe they haven't tried it themselves. Maybe they have one or two friends who have tried it, but I think it's not, nearly something that was that's as in the shadows perhaps as it used to be you can you know you just do a google search for anal toys anal this anal that and there's just so much (laughs) so much information about it I mean it's I don't know that it's been featured on Oprah yet but you know we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's what we're trying to do here. You know, we're trying to destigmatize sexual activities and behaviors and talk about them more. And I think that the more that we have these conversations, then the more that is normalizing these behaviors and allowing people that want to try them that opportunity to try them. And so let's talk about some of the things that um, people might need to talk to their partners about first if they're interested in trying anal sex. So say you have a partner that you feel comfortable with, you're Mm -hmm. engaging in different types of sexual activity with, and you want to try anal sex and you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of the things that we might want to discuss with them first. I think the first thing would be to just you know, allow the topic to exist between you as a, you know, I was reading a thing on the internet the other day, or I was on TikTok and I saw a video about, you know, anal or, um, you know, my friend from school told me that they 
got a butt plug and, you know, just something that is a, is some sort of an introduction into the conversation that says, hey, I know that this activity exists. And then you just let it sit there for a minute. And then that's, that, that sort of making a statement can operate as an invitation for your partner to come in and, and join the conversation rather than starting with a question. Sometimes a question can, might, not always, questions are great, but as an opening gambit, a question can sometimes feel maybe like an interrogation or it can feel like you have to have the right answer. Whereas a simple statement of, I read this thing or I saw this video or this person told me this thing can just be a way, a gentle way of bringing the conversation up and sort of scoping out what your partner thinks of it. That said, I also think the other thing that we really need to flag straight at the top is that anal doesn't necessarily mean a penis going into a butt. It can mean that. But we don't have to start so big, you know. We, <laughs> I think I think if we, you know, bring our, <laughs> bring our expectations way down, that is a very wise wise thing to do, especially for the first time, right? Especially so thinking about, <laughs> thinking about that first time, <laughs> let's think about putting something smaller in there first. Yes, yeah, I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, and what I think also can be helpful is if we practice by ourselves first, you know, that mm. this is because, it, you know, being able to be familiar with your own butt hole and the cheeks, but we're specifically talking about the hole here, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you we, know, are, we are. <laughs> start off by just, you know, when you're taking a bath or a shower, just having a bit of a, having a bit of a feel, you know, and if you've got long nails like me, be careful. Um, but with the warm water and the soap there, just kind of, you know, around the around the edge in, in some circles we call it the rosebud and uh, just around the edge and just notice how that feels Is because it, it might be a strange sensation for the first time, especially if you're only accustomed to things going out. Mm. If that's the only time you've had, had any awareness of your butthole is with the exit sign going one way, to have even just something going around the outside on the edge can be like, ooh, interesting, you know, and it can take a bit of time for the, you know, the nerves in the butthole and the brain to start associating those two things as pleasurable. So I love what Cindy's saying here. She's talking about, all right, before we even start to have conversations with a partner, let's back up and make sure that we are ready for No first, pun right? intended. <laughs> <laughs> so back it up. <laughs> so first, and first we talk about this all the time, being comfortable with your own body, understanding your own body. So yes, this definitely applies for anal sex. So yeah, start to feel around your butthole. Start to put something in your butthole. Start to see what that feels like. And shower and bath is a great place to start with that because you already have some natural lubrication happening there with the water, with some soap, right? So mm -hmm. we always want lubrication for the anus because there's no naturally occurring lubrication there. Mm -hmm. So whether that is in the shower and bath, you have some there, or if you're somewhere else, 
probably a bed, but not necessarily, not, it doesn't have to be a bed, but probably a bed. Yeah. You'll want to use some type of lubricant, right? So let's start to talk about that a little bit more. So if we're trying to explore our own buttholes first, Mm -hmm. so we know if we actually even want to talk to our partners about this, (laughs) then, um, so let's talk about maybe different lubricants and how we might want to start to uh, play with our buttholes a little bit. So mm-hmm. do you have a favorite lubricant for playing with buttholes? Yes, I think, and this is just my opinion, I think silicon lubes are best for butt play. The reason why is because they do tend to be a little thicker than water-based lubes. And we want the thickness because it it functions as a little bit of extra cushioning, a little bit of extra padding. And also what I like about a silicon lubricant is that it doesn't get sticky and claggy with with friction. What can happen sometimes with some other like water-based lubricants, and and I'm not opposed to water-based lubricants, but depending on the ingredients in them, not all of them, they're not all made the same, but some of the water-based lubricants can have uh, glycerins and parabens in them that when they are mixed with body heat and friction, they can start becoming very sticky. And then what happens is you end up with a dragging sensation on the skin. Uh, And unless you're really into that, but we're probably not because we're first timers. <laughs> first time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't Root want it out. You don't want dragging down the the butthole. So, whereas the silicon stays nice and slippery for a long time, and for that reason, I think silicon lube is really well paired with anal play, especially if you're using fingers. Um, you have to be careful using silicon toys because silicon lube and silicon toys don't go well together. They the silicon lube can uh, disintegrate the the toy, but easy fix if you have a silicon small a silicon toy to start with. And when I say small, I'm talking like the size of a pinky finger, like that small. You can put a condom over it, and then problem mm, solved. Mm. So. Yeah, and so since we're talking about condoms and lubricant, let's just pause and say what we always say here is if you're using a latex condom, we want to make sure you're not using an oil-based lubricant with it, Mm -hmm. with a partner, because that would break down the condom. So we have water-based lubricants, we have oil-based lubricants, we have silicone based lubricants. And all of those would be fine for self-play. And Mm -hmm. you could explore the different types of lubes and see which ones feel better and see which ones feel better over time also, because it does change the longer you're using the lubricant within a session, right? So Mm -hmm. as body heat and as um, you are using the whatever you're inserting for a longer period of time, the lube will change how it's acting. So that's one reason people like silicone for butt play a lot is because it has kind of a longer lasting at this kind of same level of consistency. And so it feels if you're going to be doing stuff there for a while, then (laughs) that's a nice recommendation to start with. Um, Okay. We're going to take a pause. And when we come back, we're going to talk about now that you have started to warm yourself up Let's go back to that conversation. We'll be right back. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the sex wrap. So we've talked about warming yourself up. We've talked about starting to explore your own butthole and how you might want to do that. Now let's go back to that conversation. So Cindy, you were talking about using something like an opportunistic kind of moment to bring up to somebody like, oh, I saw this in a magazine. I saw this on social media. A friend said this. Someone doesn't actually have had to do that, right? <laughs> you can just say that as a way to intro this also. Yeah, totally, totally. You don't have to wait to have the experience and then report it. You can just report it as if it really happened. I mean, the fact that you're listening to this podcast, that there you go, that's an introduction. I was listening exactly. to a podcast and exactly. Yeah. So so you're talking about like leaving this as a statement. So so that way I would expect someone would feel kind of less um like put on the spot, right? So they they don't have to feel like, oh, you're interrogating how I feel about this, but you're putting it out there as, oh, I saw this, I heard about this. Um and so then um, let's talk about the different ways a partner might respond. So if they respond kind of like um, with questions, like, you know, they kind of furrow their brow and they're like, oh, okay, why, oh, why are you telling me about that? What do you think might be a way to keep progressing the conversation if that's how a partner responded? So if you get a response that is that you experience as that is in some way negative or is in some way giving you the indication don't push this topic further. It could be an, a signal then to sort of step back and say, oh, it was just something that I wanted to, I, I'm just mentioning it, but if we don't have to talk about it right now, if it makes you uncomfortable or, you know, something to that effect. So, yeah, if you get a, if you get a negative response or you get a, a challenging response, it could mean don't push it any further, or it could mean that you need to sort of clarify where you do want to go with it. And and it's going to be very hard, you know, for me certainly to assess how that's going to land. That's This is really where communication skills come in very, very handy because when we introduce a topic to a partner, there is an element of risk, especially if it's a topic that could have uh, a strong emotional response, you know, so maybe it's also about timing. So if, you know, make sure that you have your partner's attention or, or a good chunk of their attention, don't necessarily bring it up if you're in the middle of a fight or if you're, <laughs> you know, if the timing is off, you know, you're not necessarily going to get the best out of them. So, so picking your timing. And as I said, if the if the response is is definitely in the negative, it's something then that you would just put aside, and you're probably going to have to bring it up at another time. If the response is, "Ah, oh, where did you see this thing?" or "Where did you hear this thing?" or "What do you think of anal?" that I would consider to be an invitation to to you know go further with the conversation, and then you might start considering questions like have you had experience with it what do you think about it do you know of anybody who has tried it um anything like that that again the emphasis is on phrasing your questions as an invitation not as an interrogation because when people feel like they're on the spot when people feel like they've got their back up against the wall 
you're generally not going to get the best out of them. So this is a this is a relational skill as much as it is a sex skill. And I think maybe, you know, traditionally we've sort of separated out relational skills from sex skills. I don't think that's wise. I think we need to start blending the two as being part part of the same story, you know. Um, and so, again, as, as long as we keep the conversation light and gentle and always inviting, that's always the best place to start, I think. So let's think of your partner as your butthole. You want to lube it up first, right? You want to be very gentle. Yes, all these things you're saying, I, I could just see the metaphor applying very easily here, right? So you want to you wanna be gentle. You want to be kind. You want to be soft. You want to warm this up, right? Yeah. So... Don't just dive right in. That's that's the main message here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And also, you know, depending on your your you know your gender expression and your partner's gender expression, there might already be some inbuilt power dynamics there that you have to be even more attentive to. So, for example, if you are a cis man and you are potentially propositioning a cis woman remembering that cis women are often very, very heavily conditioned into saying yes and acquiescing to things that they don't necessarily want to do. So that's why it's so important that our language is very, very gentle when we are flagging things like this. Whereas if you are in a same gender or similar gendered partnership, it might be a little bit easier to navigate the power dynamics because you're already starting on an even level. Um, so that's just something where the the power dynamic in a conversation like this can be different depending on the genders being embodied in the relationship at that time. And since we're talking about uh, gender expression here, I think, you know, um, our culture has some associations with anal sex and sexuality and what that means also. And so sometimes um, men who normally have sex with women will feel uncomfortable having anal sex because they've been taught that only gay men have anal sex. Right. So it could be if you're noticing something come up when you start to have a conversation about this with a partner, it could be that they have some cultural messages that have been programmed in as well that you might need to have a conversation about. So I think it's really important to as we were talking about, like, feel your way into the conversation, observe your partner's reactions so that you can respond with compassion and um, start to see what they're feeling, what kind of opinions they have about anal sex, about having anal sex, about or even just playing with buttholes. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like we said, it doesn't have to go straight to the <laughs> main event. <laughs> it can be a lot of things along the way, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, there can be there can be a lot of things happening um, within someone's head, which uh, could impact how they're feeling about potentially engaging in an activity like this. Exactly, exactly, and also too, you know, having this conversation about anal in a in a heterosexual dynamic, it can be assumed that it's going to be the penis haver sticking it into the butt of the vulva haver. But often, and what we know also from research, is that a lot of penis havers love receiving anally, whether mm. it's a finger or a toy or, 
uh, dildo or whatever, and that has no bearing on one's identity. What you stick into your body doesn't have any impact on how you identify. So you can still be fabulously heterosexual or fabulously gay or fabulously queer and stick things wherever they go and as long as it brings you joy and pleasure that is really the most important thing so. <laughs> okay we're going to take one more break and then when we come back from this break we're going to talk about what you can expect when you are going for this your first time with a partner we'll be right back All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us through this <laughs> sticky episode. <laughs> so uh, sticky. I'm just visualizing Lubin um, and poop all over in my head right now. So <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about what to expect that first time where you um, do some type of butt play with a partner, and and. Yeah, I said it. I said poop. Let's get yeah. it out there. Let's talk about poop. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a joke. Did you hear the one about the constipated accountant? No. He had to work it out with a pencil. <laughs> and <Woo>! anyway. <laughs> OMG, Cindy brought back the dad jokes and the sex rap. Y'all, I would, I would have been known for these. And Andrew's like, spring, stop it, stop it, stop it. Thank you so much for bringing it back. Yes. Um, yeah, so anal and poop, they are like a hand and a glove. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you are squeamish about getting poop on your fingers, you can wear gloves you can wear a latex glove you can wear a nitrile glove and they come in all sorts of fabulous colors these days so mm. you can make it sexy they're not just that sort of yucky kind of off white beige color that they used to be you can get black ones and purple ones and blue ones and or even those little finger cots we have oh, yes. if you want one just for a finger you can slide yeah. one down a finger yeah but i mean you know Poop happens, not <laughs> not like you know massive nuggets. I think that that might be a bit challenging for some people, probably many people. But you know, a little smear is to be expected, and you could, if you wanted to really prepare, uh, you could get use an enema kit, which you could buy uh, online. I think they sell them on the shop that starts with A and ends with N with an arrow underneath that I will not ever <laughs> say its name uh, or other kinds of stores, even pharmacies, I think. Local them, pharmacies, yeah. Um, to flush out with a little bit of water. But even still, even still, even if you flush and you eat soup for three days in advance and you think that nothing can be in there, I must be squeaky clean, you could eat a meal off of that, there's maybe still going to be a little smear. So if you are really squeamish about poop, maybe anal is not for you. It, it does come with the territory. So just fair warning. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I I don't think that um, enemas, I don't really recommend those to people. I think like right. if you're very self-conscious about it and you really want to do it, okay. But usually a bath or a shower is 
pretty much as much as you need to do. You can put your finger in there a little bit and, you know, make sure that you're clean there. And especially for your first time, um, I would say just make sure that you're clean so that you feel comfortable and you're ready to explore this with your partner. Yeah, absolutely. And that level of cleanliness is also helpful for you as a receiver because it helps you feel confident. It helps you feel calm because if you're anxious and you're worried about, you know, oh my goodness, is poop going to come out? Is what's going to happen? Is it going to smell? Is all of this stuff, it's going to detract from your ability to relax. And one of the key factors of pleasurable anal is our capacity to be able to relax. If your butthole is really tight, um, it can, it can really hurt. And sometimes, you know, that's where, and I'm not saying this as a, as a threat, but it's more of a, just a, an anatomical awareness thing. You can damage the muscle fibers in there and we don't want that, which is why it's so important to be relaxed, to go slow, to use lube, to start small uh, and to breathe. All these kinds of things make a really yeah. big difference. And starting with a, like a, like I said, a pinky finger, and even rimming, which is licking anuses. We, Some people might We have a whole episode a about that. Oh, also. you do? All right. How to, how to toss your salad. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's called? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. You don't know that slang term? I don't. Tossing the salad? Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. didn't. I knew about rimming. I didn't know about salad tossing. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I've been in my apartment for two years avoiding COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the sex wrap you learn something new every time here um yeah so so all right so you're in a situation with your partner you're clean you've got lube and then let's talk about how we get into this relaxed mode so i think you know cindy's talking about how important it is for your body to be relaxed so that your butthole can relax so that it can soften so it can open a little so that you can enjoy the insertion of something small first and then if that feels okay building and so Think about all of the things that help you to feel relaxed during any type of sexual activity, I think. So what type of music do you want to have on? What type of lighting feels good in the room for you? Um, You're probably going to need at least a little lighting so that you can um, see what's happening so your partner Mm -hmm. can see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But think about those things, like what makes you feel comfortable? What can you do in advance to feel relaxed? I love the idea of deep breathing, and I think that deep breathing while doing um, any yeah. type of anal exploration, yeah, is so mm-hmm. important because it's mm-hmm. really going to bring your nervous system into a calmer state and mm-hmm. allow you to soften and feel ready for this um, yeah. pleasure. And one of my other favorite techniques that I recommend to people with anal, first timers or even advanced, is uh, bearing down with your butt muscles as if you were going to poop but not quite as strong as that but that kind of sensation bearing down which sort of seems counterintuitive if something's going in that you're pushing down but what it does is in the anus there are two layers of muscle there's an external sphincter and an internal sphincter and we can consciously relax the external sphincter but it's very hard almost impossible to intentionally relax the internal but what will in what will help the internal relax is that sense of bearing down because that sends a signal 
to the brain to there is a like a ligament that sort of holds the basically holds the rectum closed as we're going around through the day so that's why we don't have poop just dripping out of our asses all the time (laughs) because this ligament is there you know sealing the bag kind of thing and so in order to open the bag like a ziploc bag imagine that so in order to open the bag what what we can do is bear down and that sends a signal from the brain to the body to go, oh, we can open the bag now. And it just allows for a little bit of room for the oncoming traffic to come in without, uh, you know, without too much strain. So that's a really helpful thing to do. I have never heard that explained so well before. Thank you so much. That was a great explanation. <laughs> and, and, and y'all couldn't see this, but Cindy was also giving me hand signals to show <laughs> and using her thumb to like drive up, which I really enjoyed. So I just wanted to, to give that visual to the, our listeners also. <laughs> and for, for folks who want visuals, I do have a video on my website called But That's Not All, A Beginner's Guide to Anal Sex. If you go to my website, cindydownell.com, you'll see it there. Uh, for those who want to really get into the anatomy of butt, uh, that would be uh, excellent Friday night viewing. Get out the popcorn. <laughs> and that would also be a great thing to explore with a partner if you want to yeah. bring something to a partner to talk about having anal sex with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and the video, I mean, it covers, you know, preparation, it covers the anatomy, it covers practices and procedures and you know, it's fun and silly and light, but it's also anatomically uh, and medically accurate. Uh, and also uh, it's it's pleasure-centric, so none of it is, you know, there's no sort of fear-mongering and slut-shaming or queer-shaming. It's all everybody in doing all the things, <laughs> having a good everybody old time. Everybody, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, well, um, is there anything else that you want to say today about that first time having anal sex? What, what to expect or what to think about in advance? I think it's it, 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 do it because you want to and the motivation can be anything it doesn't have to be because you're horny it doesn't have to be because everybody else is doing it as long as you can find a motivation that feels good for you that feels right for you and I would really encourage folks to start by themselves, no matter what their gender, no matter what their orientation, practice knowing how it feels, even if you think you only want to be giving it and not receiving it, it's going to make you a better top if you at least have a sense of how it feels to receive because then Mm. you can sort of pass that intuitive knowledge along to go, all right, well, I know how it feels to receive, so that's going to make me a better top because I can be more sensitive to my partner's experience. So Cindy's saying everybody has to play with their buttholes. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. You know, because buttholes are the, you know, they're the great equalizer. There's the, everybody has one, you know. (laughs) They uh, sure do. That's, uh, that's where it is. So start with yourself before progressing to anybody else and start small, 
don't have a big meal. Oh, literally, actually, don't have a big meal before you start. Like <laughs> I was kind of somewhat serious about the soup, like, you know, or just the light meals in the hours before mm. because if, you, if you've had a big bowl of um, of pasta or a burger and fries, you, the, you might not want anybody poking around in there. So. <laughs> or maybe you will. I don't know. But uh, maybe I'm, that's just me, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean – it is, uh, you know, your own body a little, you know, like what makes you have to poop. And if something makes you poop, don't do it before you want to play with your butt. That's mm-hmm. great recommendation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today, Cindy. I had so much fun talking with you about butts. And I would love for you to plug, butt plug maybe, um, anything (laughs) else that you want to share with us. You are our favorite sex therapist. We always recommend people to you. We always send people to you on our um, social media. But please tell us a little more about how we can find you on the internet. So my website is the best place to go, cindydarnell.com, C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-R-N-E-L-L.com. I have a book coming out in a few weeks, which is called Sex When You Don't Feel Like It, which may or may not uh, be applicable to your audience, but it's certainly applicable to a large number of people who are in relationships where they wanted to, they once wanted sex and then all of a sudden they don't feel like it anymore. And they're like, why, why don't I feel like it? The book is for people who have both high and low libido. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who doesn't want it and you do, it's for you as well. Uh, so that's coming out. That's on my website. And then also, I have a bazillion free articles. I have online classes there. Uh, I have a lot of stuff. And there's also then links to my YouTube and my Instagram. And I haven't quite made the debut to TikTok yet. I, I guess I probably should at some point, but uh, I might, I might yeah. need a, a Gen Z person to help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand it. <laughs> We've been developing our TikTok content for years and still haven't really started posting it. We've been it really a little self-conscious is. about it, actually. <laughs> I, I just, I look at it and I just go, my gosh, this feels like a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. We will put your link um, in the show notes so people can find it directly here as well. And we will also tag you on our social media as usual. So um, if you are still not connected, Connected with our social media. We are at The Sex Wrap on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, you can email us, thesexwrap at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about this episode or any other questions you want us to cover. Um, and if you want to leave us a voicemail, if you want to call us, you can also do that. It's, oh my gosh, I just forgot the phone number all of a sudden. Oh, no, 413. Oh, I lost it. It was in my head and now it's gone. No one ever calls it anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we have got like one call in the past six years. If people like social media, just find us on social media. That's the answer. All right, everybody. <laughs> have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cindy. It was so You're welcome. Good to, talk to you. Good to see you. <laughs> Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid. Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.